Amen. I'm not on. Yes, I'm on. Okay. Uh, just, I mean, the Lord just really blessed me. We've got so many people that are playing and, and the piano and the organ, the, the guitars, the different things. Uh, God is blessed with a lot of people, a lot of talent, and willing to work to make it happen. That is really, really a blessing. Look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103. That's where we're going to go tonight. Psalm 103, we're going to begin at verse 1, so if you can find that and get there as quickly as possible. Psalm 103, verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Forget, you know... He is mighty good to us. We just don't need to forget how good He is. But it goes on to tell us some of these benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. He forgives them. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless tonight. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you one more time, please fill me with your presence. Dear God, please, I need your fresh anointing. I need you to speak through me tonight. Dear God, I pray, please, that your sweet Holy Spirit, that you'd move through this room and that you would... You would tell us just exactly what we need to know. And Father, that when, we, when you speak to us, when your Spirit speaks to us, that we would have open ears, that we would have ears to hear. Dear God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would bind these spirits that would try to come into this room and snatch away truth and to bring confusion in our hearts. Lord, I trust you, please. I depend on you. I need you. Bless our people. Bless this church and wrap your arms around it. It's a mighty hedge of protection. I beg you in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 66, verse 16 says, Come. And here, all ye that fear God, I will declare what he hath done for my soul. It kind of ties in much what it just said that we need to remember what he's done for us. He said, I, <clears throat> I cried unto him with my mouth. He was extolled by my tongue. I cried to, to him with my mouth. I, I, I praised him with my tongue. I brought out uh, worship of him with my, uh, with my tongue. But then he says this verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But notice verse 19 says, But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to, my, to the voice of my prayer. Listen, that's incredible. God hath heard me, and he hath not only heard me, he hath attended to my voice in prayer. 
Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Then the first passage we saw, uh, this, this word, iniquities, he said, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. In the second passage, we see that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But here a testimony is, is that apparently he's not regarding iniquity in his heart because the Lord hath heard him. I'm going to give you just five statements. I'm going to get into this, but five statements about the truth that God gives us tonight, I believe. God uh, wants us to learn from this. Number one, if we remember what God has done for us, it will give us greater faith that he will continue to do for us. You know, one of the ways, if you get down and discouraged, and I, I'm telling you, keep a journal or keep a list or keep in your, somehow, just recite again. Do you understand my faith increased when I told you this morning that story about what God did for us? I have a, a story that, that uh, a, a sermon called Let Jesus Do the Cooking. I think I preached it to hear some time ago, some time ago or, or maybe when I first got here, maybe before I came here as pastor. I'm not sure, but, but, I, but I'm telling you, it's about a 72-hour period about coming down here uh, to see my mama when she was dying. And, and what God did, not one time, not two times, three times, four times, it was, it was over and over and over in about a 72-hour period where he just unloaded the floodgates on me. Can I tell you, anytime I think about that story, my faith increases. Yeah. Because, man, he must care about us. Number two, faith is the avenue by which God sends his blessings and his answers to our prayers. You say you get that out, that's out of that first passage. I believe we got to remember what he's done, praise him for what he's done. That will increase our faith, and through that faith, we'll see greater prayers answered. And then number three, iniquities allowed to remain in our lives limit God's ability to hear and answer our prayers. It's just, it's a straight up fact. But it's something I don't think we fully understand, most of us. I'm telling you that for a long time it kind of bothered me until, you know, sometimes you actually got to read what it says. You got to pay attention to what it says. And I'm going to say it one more time, folks. That's why it's so important that you don't go messing with the book. I get so frustrated with this mentality that just okay with any Bible. Let me tell you, they're all different. How can they all be right? And let me just tell you, even though they may contain some right things, it brings confusion when this one says this and this one says... I was I read a, a thing yesterday. I looked up something and a, and a guy put a verse down there and, and, it, and it was out of Psalms and I, and I read it and I thought, okay, I know that's not King James, but, but uh, you know, I'll look at this verse and just see exactly how it's worded in King James. Can I tell you, I wish I could remember the verse because it had nothing to do. These two things didn't even come close to even saying the same thing. I thought maybe they put the wrong reference down there or something. Now, God will forgive, number four, God will forgive all our iniquities. Can anybody praise God over that one? God will forgive all our iniquities. That's incredible. He didn't say some of them. He didn't say most of them. He didn't say sometime. He said God will forgive all our iniquities. Number five, the great hindrance to answered prayers 
And the blessings of God is when we regard iniquity in our hearts. Now, if God is going to work in this church and through us who make up this church, if God is going to work through our prayers, then our hearts need to be right with God. Our hearts and our lives need to be right with God. Now, here's the confusion on it. This does not mean that God expects perfection from us in order that he'll hear and answer us. Because that's not what it says. I want you to understand. You're saying, Brother Hooker, no, wait a minute. You're talking about both sides. No, I'm not. We're all flesh. We're all human. We are. Now, some of you don't look like it or act like it sometimes, but but the fact is we're all human. We're all flesh. That means, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I've ever made it through a day in my life without sin. I know some people claim, but, you know, I, I got a feeling that they just, you know, if forgetting was a sin, then they, they sinned because they forgot. Or as my daddy say, if you tell somebody you never told a lie, you just told your first one. Okay? Now, the fact is, is that it doesn't mean some kind of spiritual perfection that we got to be in in order that God would hear us. You see, the word, the key word in this is regard. If I regard, regard iniquity in my heart. You see, this word regard means to approve, to consider, to discern, to enjoy. You understand what God's saying? He's saying when there's sin in your heart that you're okay with. When there's sin in your heart that you gaze upon, that you enjoy. It's amazing that it says, the definition says to gaze upon because so often sins of the heart are what we see in our mind's eye, what we view in our mind's eye. But we have approved of it because we allow it to remain. We continue in it. Now what? I'm not saying you continue in it because you hate it and you keep succumbing to it. Why? I'm not even saying that. I'm saying that somehow you've justified it. It's okay. Webster's 18.28 says the word regard means to love and esteem to practice. To love, esteem, to practice. Let's see, it's also important... Uh, when, we, when we start to think about what this verse teaches, it's also important to understand what iniquity is. Iniquity, by, again, by just simple definition, it's said to be a sin, a crime, wickedness, any act of injustice, any act against the will of God. How's everybody doing? None of us escapes perfectly. But there's a big difference between something happening and me committing a sin. A thought, a word, an action. And we don't have to because if you yielded to the Spirit of God, it doesn't have to. And I've said this over and over again. My preacher taught us 30 years ago that anybody could overcome any given sin at any given moment if he would yield to the Spirit of God. But the problem is nobody here in this world has yielded every time to the Spirit of God. There's only one that walked this planet, and that was Jesus. And so 
sin is going to come into all our lives. And to say we have no sin, we, we call God a liar. And so it's going to come into our lives. But God's saying if you regard iniquity in your heart, that's when you look at it and say, I still want to do it. I still desire it. I still gaze upon it. I still am infatuated with it. I want to continue in what I'm doing. It's a very simple thing. God says, I want to hear you. Many in present-day America and present-day Christianity believe that regardless of how you, you live your, your life, you simply uh, can still, regardless of, of how you live, and regardless of how your life is contrary to the Word of God, you still have a genie that you can go and rub his lamp, and he's going to do whatever you want. Come on, Come on. But nothing could be further from the truth. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. God says, look, uh, the shortcoming is not on me. I can hear. But here's what he says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Say, Brother Hooker, why are, you, why are you doing this? Because I want God so bad to do something in our church, and I want Him so bad for the people in this church and this community to know that God is doing it. But He's not going to hear us if iniquity is in us. For nearly 30 years, I've... I've had many times, I've heard many times heard people call for prayer for our nation and use 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. And, and, and you know what? Uh, so many times, even during the, the political thing recent, you know, with a, and he's a good man, I think, uh, you know, Vice President Pence. But when he was using this verse, that's where he stopped. Humble himself and pray. And that's what this world does. We, we go, and, and if you've got a kind of religious you know, tendency inside of you, a religious bone in your body, so to speak, then you go and say, we need to pray for our nation. And that's a true statement. We do need to pray for our nation. But even more important than that, we need God to hear our prayers. And what he says is that, that you pray, yes, but you seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. You know what he's saying? Stop regarding iniquity in your heart. Stop regarding iniquity. If you're going to pray to me, God says yes. You need to come. You need to humble yourself. And you need to pray. But he said when you humble yourself, you'll be saying that I'm right in your prayers. And, and you're wrong. And that means you turn and say to the sin, the iniquity in your life, no more. You say, well, what happens if it happens again? Uh, look. God's looking for you to say, one more time, no more. You know, even a cursory look at this verse, you realize that what God does, does is not based on people praying, but rather on people of God humbling themselves, praying and seeking His face, and turning from their wicked ways. For God to hear them, they must stop regarding iniquity in their hearts. If God is going to, going to bless this church... With blessings and power through our prayers, 
And, and this, is, this is why it's so important. Folks, I, I, and I'm trying uh, my best to, to relay this. I'm, as, I'm weak like anybody else. I'm flesh like anybody else. But, but I, I know where I've come from. I know who I am. And, and I'm so desired that, that a group of people would find out that there's an almighty God that can work. He can work. But in order for him to work, he's got to hear us. When I was with the sailor ministry, I first took over and I heard about a man. And they said he was an incredible producer in the ministry before I got there. He always just brought down just lots and lots of sailors. About a year or so after I came in, uh, that man ended up coming in, and, and, and I'll go through the whole story, but he, he ended up coming to give a testimony because of some circumstances and different things in his life, and he'd, he'd gotten uh, away from God and gotten on fire for God and, and, and came into the Salem ministry to give a testimony to my men, and, and he testified to him. He said, I was top producer every program I was ever in the ministry. And he was in for several years. And he said, I was top producer when I was committing adultery. I was still top producer. You see, what I realize is, is this. We can make anything happen. I used to say back at college, I said, you give out enough goldfish and you get whatever kind of crowd you want. But I want a crowd that God is changing. I want some young people that, you know, and I'll embarrass him. I know Matthew, and I'm going to just say it straight out. I know Matthew has got a long ways to come, but he's also come a long ways. You think he's got some problems? Yeah, just like I got some problems. Do you think he's got some growth that God has for him? Yeah, he sure does, just like anybody in here. We got some growth ahead of us if we want it. But I don't want Matthew coming to church calling me and Nishan and Denisha calling me because I'm going to get them a piece of candy or get them something to eat. I, that's not why I want them to call me to come get them to go to church. I want at some point for them to say, I want to come. And I understand that that when you work with the flesh, when you work with carnality, it takes you know, that bottom level. We're going to have days where we'll promote all kinds of stuff and we'll try to get people in because, you know, that's all they understand. You know, I'm not going to go to church unless I get something. But, but there also needs to be 
the people here that know that we've done that for them. But we believe God can move. Folks, you came in here today. You didn't come because you're going to get a candy bar. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I didn't come to church the first time because I was going to get a candy bar. I'll be honest with you. I came because the Holy Spirit whipped a fire out of me. If he does not hear us, he surely will not answer us. We're living in a generation of justification, a generation of redefinition, even the redefinition of sin and wrong. That's the new, new era that we're in. It's a redefinition. You know, they'll say the first statement is, well, you know, well, you just got a lot of things that are not, you know, they're not in the Bible. Until you show them that it is in the Bible, and then, they'll, then they got to redefine that and say that's not what it means. That which was once wrong in the mind of God and the minds of Christians is still wrong in the mind of God. God doesn't change. We must not hold on to sin. We must not continue to consider the sin that God has condemned. If you consider it long enough, you will act it out. We must not continue to gaze upon the sin in our hearts and minds for which the Holy Spirit has convicted us already. We must not continue to practice sin that the Word of God has revealed to us as sin. We must start looking inward and seeking righteousness toward God instead of justifying sin and relying on the mercy of God to let us get by with it. That's the mercy movement today. It's, look, uh, we can live how we want to. Don't let it get in here. Because here's what we say. I can regard sin and God's mercy's got to let me slide. No, I'm sorry. God's mercy may let you, quote, slide to heaven because you're on your way to heaven anyway. But listen, all the while you're on your way there, He will not hear you when you pray. You say, I can't believe God wouldn't hear me. That's what He said. If you regard iniquity in your heart, He will not hear you. I want you to notice, 448 times in the Bible, the word sin is mentioned. 278 times the word iniquity is mentioned. Now we think, well, you know, it's not about sin and it's not about wrong. It's, you know, we, we, we don't need to talk about this, it. about God's love and mercy. Did you know the word love is only mentioned 310 times? Love of God's only mentioned 90 times. Mercy's mentioned 276 times. Now watch this. That's a lot of times, but sin's mentioned 448 times and iniquity 278 more times. It seems to me God's a little concerned about sin. It clearly appears that God is concerned about sin and iniquity at least as much as he is concerned about the mercy needed to survive them. Has there ever been anything in your life that you have done or said or even thought that has made you shed a tear because you hated what you have done? Now you think about it. Has there ever been anything that just made you, broke you down and you made you shed a tear because of what you have done? Let me, let me just warn you. If that has not happened, you need to search your heart real deeply. 
Has there ever been a time that you felt the heaviness in your heart and emotions because you knew you had sinned against God? Has there ever been a broken heart or re- of regret for what you had done, what you had allowed yourself to see or what you had allowed yourself to do? Has there ever been a time where you could find no peace in your heart because of something that controlled you? Have you let words pass through your mouth that you long to retract? Hey, listen, uh, we've, we, long enough, uh, the excuse of, uh, of, well, I just got in the flesh. Listen, we don't use that as an excuse. Instead of the excuse, be brokenhearted. Have you ever done something you craved to, to do, and then you crave to undo it? Have you ever let something touch your lips that the moment you tasted, you regretted your actions? Or unless you listen to this wonderful truth, God will hear you right now if you will yield to the conviction of your heart. For if any of these statements, listen to this now, for if any of these statements are your feelings right now, then you do not desire to regard iniquity in your heart. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't give you those, list off those things and say, have you ever, have you ever, have you ever? So you can say, oh man, I feel guilty, I feel bad. What I'm trying to show you is, is if that kind of feeling, that kind of remorse, that kind of conviction has come into your heart and you say, yes, I've experienced it. Yes, I've gone through that. Can I tell you, you better praise God because that proves that you are not regarding iniquity. You're in fact not regarding the iniquity, you're tormented by the iniquity. Tonight, if your heart and mind has been set on fire by some sin of the past, then do what you do when you're, if you catch fire, stop, drop, and remember the forgiveness of God. Amen. Be set free from the iniquity. If we get cleansed from iniquity, then we're not regarding iniquity. The one God does not hear is the one who regards iniquity rather than regarding God. If you committed a sin today, and it was a horrible sin, maybe you saw something, maybe you did something, maybe you thought something, maybe, I I, I don't know, but, but I'm just telling you this, if it bothers you tonight, if maybe you came to church tonight just because you said, I gotta get right with God. Well, first of all, I wanna let you know, you don't have to wait to get to church to get right with God. But I'm going to tell you this, be encouraged that you, are, you have that conviction, that you have that inside of you, because what you're saying is, I don't desire to regard iniquity in my heart. That means your God can still hear you. The burden, the brokenness is evidence that you do not want to regard iniquity. You may have succumbed, you may have fallen into its trap, you may have yielded in a weakened moment, but now is the time to confess it, cleanse it, wash it away before it takes hold and becomes a sin that you regard, that you gaze upon. Because watch this now, you say, okay, well, wow, I'm all right now because it really bothers me. Well, you better get it cleaned up quickly because if you don't, 
sooner rather than later, it will become a sin that you regard it. And watch this. Let me tell you how quick it will. If the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God is in your heart right now by something even today, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God's in you, and it's pressuring inside of you, and it's building up in your chest, watch this now. If you say no to God, you regard the iniquity, you don't regard God. You just began your downfall. How do we escape? How do we find blessing? How do we have God hear and answer our prayers? Jeremiah 31, 34 is where, and you can write down or mark it or something, but this is what it says, and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Now, what caused God to, to forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more? He says it. They know the Lord. You say, well, I, I do. I'm saved. That's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about that at all. We must know him, but that word know means to learn of him, to learn about him, to understand him. You know what Michael's getting everybody to do and, and, uh, and to go through, and hopefully you're continuing there and, and, and memorizing the book of Romans. It's no accident that he's reusing Romans 6 and going to continue to Romans 7. It's no accident. Because in that, God's teaching us right from wrong. He's teaching us and telling us how to fight that wrong. Listen, we've got to desire to be clean. But it's more than just saying, oh God, I, forgive me, I'm sure I did something wrong. No, you've got to get into His Word and what He says Accepted. He's right and we're wrong. Accept what he teaches us. Accept what he says to us. We must know him. It doesn't mean to meet him as in salvation. What it means is for a saved person to learn to know him as Paul said that I may know him. And God said, if you, and watch what he's really saying. If you know him, you desire to learn of him. Do you understand what you're saying? Your desire is to regard him rather than to regard your iniquity. That's why in 2 Chronicles, he says to humble yourself because that means to turn away from your right to his right. If God is going to hear us, we must desire to be clean. We can all fast the entire week and pray an hour every day, but if we regard iniquity in our hearts, He will not hear us. I desire God to do what only God can do in our lives, in our church, but it will begin with us. It begins right here. And if God's going to do what 
we desire Him to do and what... Understand me now, please. I, I, I don't like... I personally don't like preaching this way. I don't like crying out about sin, but all over the, the Scriptures, God cried out about sin. And He told us, boy, He would hear and answer prayer and He'll do great and mighty things we knoweth not unless we regard iniquity in our heart. And I believe this is the most wonderful church I've ever been in, but I'm just telling you that if we really want God to do something, do something past what man can do. Do something miraculous. That means a group of people got to say, search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Because we've gotten so, forgive me, but even in, in our ranks, we've gotten so distanced from, distant from the Word of God, from the truth of God, that we allow sin, that we just, the world, the flesh, the devil has convinced us it's not. And we're in a generation that says that most things are not sin, that, you know, that too many people said that things were sin that weren't sin to the point that nobody even looks for what might be. And so the devil's got us right where he wants us because we don't even fathom that it's a sin now, some of the things that we do. And so, therefore, we regard it we enjoy it, we practice it, and then in all of our spiritual phylacteries, we come forward and pray and say, oh God, heal our land. Father, do something great on October the 29th. Father, did you hear me? He didn't even hear enough to say what? I have so many things that come in my head right now, but the Holy Spirit is much better than me. But I just believe and I desire. I guess what I'm desiring and I want to know is that before I die, I want to know I want to know that nobody will ever say what, God, what Bob Hooker did. I want people to know what God did. I just want God to do something. And I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to search my heart for I'm not above anybody in this room. 
The truth is, I've had some incredibly miserable times in my life where I knew I'd messed up bad. But I just thank God at least that in simple faith, I just said, God, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. My attitude is wrong. My temper was wrong. My words were wrong. My vengeance was wrong. And as I said, it's an amazing thing. He's been willing all this 62 years of my life to forgive me of every iniquity. I'm just asking you to pray with me tonight. We're a week away from a day that you're just trusting me that God kind of spoke to my heart about. And and I don't know if you understand how much pressure that puts on me, but I'm trying to shift it to God and say, hey, Lord, it's you, not me. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus.